number eight ranked UFC featherweight Josh Emmett. Hey, number eight. Do you feel like you should be higher in the rankings right now? Um, of course, yeah. I uh, it's also kind of tough too because I feel like every time I I fight, you know, they're they're not giving me the the people in front of me. They're giving me people that are behind me. Or I do beat someone, then it's like then I move back in the rankings. It's kind of crazy. Like even when I fought Mirsad, uh, I think at the time I want to say I was ranked like eight or nine and he was nine or 10. And this is like, this was leading up the whole fight. And then literally like the day of our fight, I was ranked 10 and he was ranked 12. I was like, how the hell did that happen? And then, and then I won and then they moved me back. I'm like, this doesn't make no sense, you know, but it is what it is. You know, rankings, honestly, they, they don't mean anything. The, the only thing it does help out with is, um, giving you, you know, better, better matchups, uh, towards the top. And, and that's my goal to, to become world champion and, and I'm never going to get there by fighting people behind me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even the, <laughs> the rumored matchup that you had coming up against Edson Barbosa, uh, he wasn't even ranked. He was a guy coming from lightweight. So that was kind of confusing, right? Even for yourself. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely it was, but man, I, I even, I even knew like, as soon as I saw that he's going down to featherweight, I was like, watch, they're going to ask me to fight him. And, and, and I don't have any, like objection to it like I'll, I'll take the fight but like i've been saying it has to make sense and, and for that since it's like from a business standpoint of course it doesn't make any sense because he's he's one of the top lightweights he's coming down he has no ranking i win again they probably move me back <laughs> uh if he wins he takes my spot and, and and then they will give him a you know they'll push him for a, you know a title fight like fight one more he wins that and then he'll get a title shot um so from a business standpoint, it doesn't make any sense to fight him because I think he's won one of his last five. I've won four of my last five. Uh, but financially, you know, I, I do this for the money um, and, and I want to be a champion. So if financially they, they pay me and it's worth my while, I'll, I'll fight anyone. Or if it, there's some stipulation like they say, beat him, you will get this. Man, I'll fight. I'll fight someone at middleweight if they tell, told me beat them and then you'll get a title shot. You know, I'll go up and do that, you know. So there, it has to be worth my while. Even if you go and beat him, he could still get a title shot. That's what's happened in the past, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. So who knows, man? I'm just, <laughs> I don't know what to do. Yeah. You know, it's it, it's kind of, I'm always in the, like this weird position. And um, yeah, it's just, we'll see. Like, it, hopefully, hopefully things come around. I'm on a little streak again, you know, back back up and going. And so everything's working out well. I, I, I can't complain. You know, I've done... Um, so many things because of the UFC. So I am thankful and appreciate. Um, yeah, I appreciate the the organization and stuff. But there's just a few things that I want, you know, um, moving forward. Of, of course, man. Of course, like everybody in the top ten, top five. That's that's their goal, man. Is to push forward and and get the fights that they need to get to the title. Same thing with you. Now with training in the lockdown, <clears throat> how are you doing all of this? Yeah. Uh, I think like. Uh, you know, what a lot of fighters are doing. You're just kind of doing what you can. Um, th there are a lot of people I've seen that are, they're not really doing much. They're just using this time to, you know, eat, be lazy, sleep in. But like, I'm, I'm doing my part. Like I've said, I, I've been on a diet. I'm running. I'm, I, I have the little, some bags in my gym, in my garage. So I'm doing like workouts in there every day. I'm running. And then uh, three times a week, I'm, I'm doing like one-on-ones. Um, with my boxing coach, strength and conditioning, and, and things like that. So 
I'm just doing what I can do. You know, nothing's open. Our gym's closed. There's no practices, no sparring. Um, so it makes it a little, little tricky. But, uh, you know, I, I think I'm dealing with uh, the same problem most people are having, too. Are you, are you staying ready? Because just like today, they talked about a main ninth yeah. card that, that they're trying to put together. And, of course, most likely the next week they're going to have <clears> another card if they do have a main ninth card. Is that your plan is stay ready and maybe I, I can get a matchup, not even that's a Barbosa. It could be anybody. Yeah, and, and that's the whole thing with uh, when I found out they were fighting at Tachi Palace. That's like three and a half hours from my home. Um, so I was going to try to get ready, but I, I would need some type of um, notice, you know, but I, I'm trying to stay as ready as possible. Um, so if I got like a, say, a three week, four week, you know, and, and and it was doable with the weight cut. That's just the biggest thing for me, you know, I, I, but I've been preparing for, for a little bit of time now and my weight's been coming down and I feel like I'm in pretty good shape, but you know, I'm not in like fight shape yet. Um, so, so I'd be willing to, even if there was a catch weight or I'd be willing to go up to 155, you know what I mean? Um, and, and fight 55s, um, just to be able to, you know, in my mind, it's like, uh, be a part of history, you know, because this is a, a crazy time the world's going through. If I could, you know, looking back on, you know, back in 2020 when the, the coronavirus was going on and this pandemic and to say I was training and, and, and I fought on it and I was, you know, a part of one of the only sporting events in the entire world. Um, it just, it just seems crazy, you know, to, to think about that. And, um, yeah, man, I haven't fought since July, so it's like I would like to get a paycheck. I haven't, I haven't got paid for quite a while, so um, if I could also come out of this and make some cash, it's a, it's a plus as well. Well, you could flip it on the UFC and tell them, okay, I'll go up to 155, and I'm going to fight Edson Barbosa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, but then that makes no sense, man. Like I was also saying, like, dude, he's, he's a threat. He's, he's a veteran. He's been around for a long time, like, and, and, and I'll fight, I'll fight him. Like there's, I'll fight anyone, you know, like that, that's the thing. Like, and, and Sean knows and Dana knows, like I've never said no to a fight. And I've, I've heard other people, one person in particular saying I turned down a fight and I was like, I never got offered that fight. So how, how am I supposed to turn down a fight? Um, but yeah, I've never turned down a fight. And so if financially they, they do it for me, then yeah, I'm, I'm down. But also the thing with him, coming down to 45s he's he's a big lean lightweight so i feel like i would fight him at 45s but i i wouldn't go up to 55s to fight him you know um unless again unless they they threw out some a chunk of change then i'll be like ah, okay i'll take it i was i was fighting up there at 155 before and uh on the regional scene i i, I fought as high as welterweight so um you know not opposed to it just has to make sense there's no concern for you to go to a place where all these fighters and coaches and even staff are coming from different locations around the world and kind of congregating in one area especially with the you know of course the pandemic going on um not not really man honestly because uh i was talking to my manager and he, even just the the precautions that they're going to take and what they were going to do for that April 18th fight is way safer than any of us um, are exposed to or, or, or have the access to. Um, so no, I'm not, I'm not concerned about it. And even when the coronavirus started and it was really bad in, in China and Wuhan, um, 
my wife and I, we went to Vietnam and, and this was and not saying it wasn't there. You know, I'm sure it was there. There was confirmed cases and there's probably a lot of people like there is in the United States and other parts of the world that there's probably a ton of people that have had it or have it, but they just haven't been tested. So we, we went there early February and, and all our friends and family were like, don't go, you know, this is really bad. And we're like, man, we're going to go and just kind of, I feel like if you're going to get it, you're going to get it. There's been so many different uh, viruses with like SARS and, and stuff like that, you know, that were bad and they're this big deal. And then everyone seems to get over the hump and, and do stuff. And then even now, it's it's just like, I don't know what to believe. It's like you see so many things on, on the news and the media. You see so many articles and it's like I'm just reading things that contradict themselves and that, that make like some make no sense. And then this guy's saying something and I'm hearing like all these medical professionals and experts in their fields, they're saying the, the opposite stuff too. So I'm like, what the hell is really going on? And, and if you look at the deaths, even though, I don't know, even though it's bad, you know, anytime someone loses a life or a loved one or a friend and family, it's like, that is horrible. Don't get me wrong. But I'm just saying the the number of deaths from the COVID-19 is not it's not that much, honestly, compared to other, um, you know, fatalities and, and just deaths like around the world. So much more people have died in a shorter period of time from other things and just other illnesses than they have from, you know, the coronavirus. Um, yeah, it's just it's just odd to me. Like uh, and the other thing is, too, you don't really you don't really understand or in, until you really firsthandly see it. Like if you have a, a friend or you have a family member that has it and, and something bad happens, then you're like, oh shit, like it's right there, you know? Um, and, I, and I think for, I, I, know, I know people that their like friends have had it or my friends, you know, uh, family members have had it, but it have passed. And, and I think a lot of the people that have passed away you know, or just, it's probably the same thing everyone knows about. They're like, they've had some pre-existing condition. There are a few people that, you know, are healthy and, and unfortunately it, it has taken their life. But I, I also have some friends that are doctors. I have um, a few friends that are, are nurses and, and stuff. So I'm constantly talking to them and I have a, a, a good friend that's a nurse and and, and they're working in the IC unit and they're, uh, they're dealing with a lot of the, the COVID patients. And uh, so I'm always asking questions and kind of seeing what's, what's going on, but, but who, who, who knows? So, so to answer your question, I'm, I'm, I'm not too um, concerned about that. Cause we were in Vietnam. We went all the way up North, not saying it, but we were on the border of China and Laos and probably a lot of people had it there. We, we went through uh, Taipei, um, I think a lot of the people are, they were scared. So they, they always wear the mask a lot just for, you know, pollution. And, but I think they're really nervous and, um, you know, we didn't really wear our masks just cause it's the same type of thing. If we don't have the N95, just the surgical mask help with bacteria and germs and stuff like that, but just use, you know, general hygiene, uh, washing your hands, don't touch your, your face, eyes, nose and mouth and ears. Um, but the UFC, they were going to do tests and, and test the whole camp. And it's they it's some advanced tests that they can see if they've had it, if they have it or whatnot. And then, if of course, people are negative. They let them in the facility. They're kind of quarantined in there. They can't 
they can't leave. And this was at Tachi Palace, what they're going to do. And then they're going to test them, you know, during the week, before, after the fights. So we don't have access to that. Like, I don't even have medical insurance. So I, even if I had symptoms, me being a healthy individual, if I went to the hospital or called them, they would say, stay at home for 14 days. If your symptoms get worse, then give us a call back. You know what I mean? So at least going to Fight Island or when they were going to have it at Tachi, I, I would get the test. You know, who, who knows if, if I have had it or any of our teammates or coaches have had it. Who knows? No one's had like crazy symptoms, but there are a few people, you know, that they had just a general cold, you know, during the flu season. So who, who knows? So I, I would I would want to go, you know, besides the whole training aspect of not having a legit training camp, just doing kind of what you can. That's the only downfall. But then, you know, the, the plus side would be making making some money, being a part of history and and possibly getting <laughs> getting that test, you know. So um, I'm, I'm all for it. Yeah, there's a lot of fighters and coaches on both sides of the fence. You know, you mentioned earlier. That yeah it's we've had viruses before you know and certain illnesses they've been around for hundreds of years and then there's all these people dying in such a shorter you know period of time and i'm kind of on that side like you're talking about is we don't really know you know there's so much misinformation out there and it's making people paranoid mm -hmm. and if the ufc is taking the safe yeah. precautions to make because i think like the ufc is not going to throw on an event and and take risks that's not what they're about. They're a yeah. multi-billion dollar company. I don't, you know, a lot of people don't realize that if they do make a mistake, it's yeah. massive, massive or huge, huge repercussions to that. So, yeah, I, I kind of, I feel like it's it's going to be safe for the fighters to go out there. You know, there's always a risk. But, but even they're, they're going to test. Yeah, they're going to test. Every, like, obviously, everyone going into the event, like it was going to be all staff production like fighters coaches like every single person has to be tested before they go in there and then they they can use the facility in there if you leave you cannot come in so say the coaches wanted to run up and get takeout or something they can't leave the facility because if they did then they they wouldn't get tested to be able to come back in so they were they were going above and beyond so i feel like it's the best you know the best <laughs> the highest platform there is the best organization in the world. They're going to, they, they always go above and beyond for, for the fighters and the staff and everything. So, so I, I, I trust them and, and I trust they would take the right precautions, um, especially during uh, such a crazy time. Well, fight Island is, has become this big, big <laughs> thing with Dana White. And, and some people say, ah, oh, it's not even real. He's just making it up, but I don't think so. I think it's real. Dana White, he has some money. So, he could go out there and buy an island. And what do you think of that? They're, Data White saying, "I'm gonna, I'm making this island. It, it's gonna be ready in a month, and I'm gonna fly out fighters like weeks in advance. They could train on the island. That's that's some, like people are saying, like some kung fu movie type shit. You know, like wild. It's yeah. wild. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I I think it's cool, man. Like, I I think it is. Uh, it sounds crazy though. You know, just like just saying it out loud. You know what I mean? Like. It's just, it does sound like it's, it's like straight out of a movie or we, you know, we're, I don't know. We're just, yeah, it's, it's crazy, but I, I think it, I think it's also, it's really cool, but it's, uh, who knows where it is. And, and I saw, you know, you were talking about today, they're talking about that May 9th card. And in a few days prior, I saw that the governor of Florida was talking about, um, allowing, you know, sporting events and stuff to be essential work workers. And so I kind of have a feeling that that May 9th card might 
being Florida, I'm just throwing it out there. But uh, the fight island, I know he's saying he's having the infrastructure built and all this stuff. If he bought an island, I feel like he bought an island where there has to be um, there has to be hotels. There has to be some type of venue or arena. There has to be, you would hope, some type of hospital or, or some, some. There has to be something going on because there, there is no way in hell if he just bought a piece of land, which people think, then they're going to start building. No one can do all that in, in such a short amount of time. And if that was the case, there's no way it would be up and running in a, a month or let alone two, three months. You know what I mean? So I think if if it is real, I think. Uh, I think it's it's something that's already um, has all that um, kind of built and and already um, there. But I kind of think this May 9th card will be in Florida, but but who knows, you know? Yeah, I agree. May 9th is <clears throat> most likely in Florida, and then the the Fight Islands, like I think Dana White said, it's going to be more for like the international fighters to have them actually be able to go yeah. somewhere and fight. Keep training, be safe, man, and uh, stay healthy. And hopefully uh, we get you back on before you step into that octagon the next time. Yeah, yeah. hopefully Fight Island sometimes I get some type of notice. <laughs> <laughs>